0: You are listening to the Black Landscape with Andrea Spearman, where Black excellence is always trending. Welcome. This is the Black Landscape with Andrea Spearman. Joining us today is Derek Morgan. Hi.
1: Hello.
0: So, Derek, please share with our audience just briefly about your background.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, hey, everyone. Uh, my name is Derek Morgan. Take he/him pronouns and. I come to you today as a policy associate for the Ella Baker Center for Human Rights. At the Ella Baker Center, we push for policy that uplifts people with low income, uh, people who have been historically marginalized, black and brown people, indigenous folk. And uh, we push for policy, better policy, a life-affirming policy that, you know, lifts up the, the dignity we all hold. Uh, we do that at all levels of the government. I'm really lucky to work on the state team and um, just glad to be here with y'all today.
0: Thank you so much. So, in general, there's visually not a lot of Black folks in policymaking. What drew you to study policy work? Well,
1: policy for me uh, feels like a really natural fit. Um, I've always liked really analytical things, the devil's in the details. I've always been a fan of getting into the details, the nitty gritty, the intricacies. You know, I, I can. Spend some time at that. I think it's more interesting. The more there's, the more that you're, um, the more that there's there to discover. The deeper you look, I think that's so interesting. And also, I guess I just have like a, a strong sense of you know what's right is right, and you know what's what's wrong is wrong, and looking out for for family and community. So with policy, uh, you know that's legislation that comes out every year, trying to write opportunities for the year to come. And you're right that there's not a lot of black, uh, black people in there. Um, there's not a lot of um, black and brown people. There's not a lot of women in there. It's a, it's a very white dominated space. Unfortunately, our, our system inherited racism, inherited, um, inherited a lot of uh, awful things, patriarchy. You know, it's a system that was originally built for white men, white men mm. who had land. And mm-hmm. you can still see the ghosts of that uh, all throughout of it. But what inspired me is that there's a lot of folks that look like me, actually, uh, trying to make sure that the opportunities we write for next year you know, come to our communities, help reach the folks that we're thinking about, the folks that we hold in our hearts when we schlep all the way to the Capitol and <laughs> try to tell people you know how, how these laws really hit home.
0: Yeah. So you said it, it kind of drew you naturally, like there was no like moment in high school or college where you just saw somebody and was like, oh, I want to be in leadership like that. I want to make that change, be a part of writing and developing those kind of things.
1: No, I would say definitely not in high school. Um, but <laughs> actually, a few years ago, I wanted to lean into groups that were doing dope work here in Oakland. Um mm originally I uh, was born in Panama. I grew up in Florida and came to the Bay a few years ago and, and fell in love with it. You know, what's different, what makes you different makes you special. And mm-hmm. like that was just the vibe that I just immediately fell and embraced uh, out here and, you know, fell in love with the place as many do. Um,
0: we are definitely a special place. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, but I, I asked a friend of mine uh, who's very intuitive, and I asked her, you know, who's, who, who can I put my shoulder to? Who, or um, who else can, can, I, can I help out? Who's doing dope work here? Um, and one of the groups she recommended was Ella Baker Center. Hmm. Uh, I looked into, did my research, you know, again, in the details. And I found a report, a public safety begins with public health in the report it called out how having a police response to mental health crises is a failed policy response here in Oakland it's it was really dense you know it had a lot of facts and a lot of numbers which i appreciated but it also didn't shy away from the truth that black and brown people are most in danger when you call in the police now in, mm-hmm. in at home, we we know that to be true. You know, our, our parents look out for us, and you know they they teach us like, "Hey, this is the way, this is the way it is out here." But I really appreciated that that truth was being elevated and published, and it wasn't just that. It wasn't just that that impassioned like, "Watch out, my black sister, my black brother." You know, this when you call in the cops, you're calling in danger. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it also had uh, the Data behind it to back up how, as a city, we pour so many resources into this response that's supposed to keep us safe, to bring in safety. Mm-hmm. You know, it's an Protect emergency. And and serve. And we're, well, depends it's who it. you're asking. Right. But, you know, it's an emergency and we're calling in help, and instead we get a gun. So, uh, I. I I, I was, I just was like, this is dope work. Uh, I appreciated that someone is still telling the truth these days. And even if you were like a, something cold and unfeeling, like a city that so often runs like a business, you could see, Hey, we're pouring so many resources into this and we're not getting anything. All we're getting is mainly dead bodies. Mm. So I reached out and said, Hey, if you are doing anything like this again, I would love to volunteer. You know, I, I wear glasses and they're not a prop. I I would love to nerd <laughs> out.
0: <laughs> As a fellow glasses wear. Oh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and uh that that asked to volunteer um opened up into an internship opportunity where I got to see uh the Ella Baker Center push for uh some really dope laws and got to see the whole process over a summer and when a spot opened up on staff, I was, I was really happy that I was chosen.
0: You're very funny, <laughs> I wear glasses. <laughs> so coming into that space and having this propensity and inspiration and passion for creating safe safety and safe places, you shared with me that you organized a safe sharing space for adults in Berkeley. Now, what is that and how did it manifest?
1: Yes, uh when I first came to the bay, I was running the Melamelo Kava bar. It's the first kava the bar. Oh, I get that a lot too, don't worry. Uh so kava, it's a drink from the South Pacific, uh picture Fiji and Vanuatu, and uh, traditionally it's used um, to bring people together. Uh, it can make you more relaxed so it can make you more sociable and more talkative with the person next to you, but it doesn't, uh, inebriate you the way alcohol does. Mm. So it's, it's a wonderful social lubricant that way
0: (laughs) A social lubricant. (laughs) (laughs) You're good.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, um, other people are, are our world. So, uh, sometimes it helps to have, uh, something to pave the road to another, you know? Mhm. So with a few friends that I had uh, grown up with, uh, we established the first Kava bar in the Bay and it was dope. You know, we got to uh share this wonderful space with really cool people. You know, I like to call it a, a safe place for tender hearts. Uh, because
0: Aww. that's precious. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, well we just want to really to like lift up that um That same ethos of, you know, what makes you different makes you special. So come here and be different with us. Uh, We have uh, open mic nights that I was really happy that we could cultivate. And that was beautiful. Once a week, poets, artists, even comedians would come in to the stage.
0: Now, see, you know, the Bay Area loves an open mic. (laughs) 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 Give us an open mic any night of the week. People will be there. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, but it was great because you got to see people that were uh, normally you know, kind of shy uh, opened up and the tables are versed where um, they were providing something for some- everyone else.
0: Well, that's that's such an amazing thing, because I think once you create open spaces for people, they feel more empowered. They feel like mm-hmm. their voice is valued. They want to come back. They want to be involved more. Would you say that's true?
1: Yeah, I would. I would. I, I've never uh, put it so succinctly in my head, but that's that's a beautiful way of expressing it. That's uh, that's exactly some of like the joy uh, that still resonates with me. But yes, yeah, so just seeing people how they would open up.
0: And what would you say was probably one of the highlights of this meeting space?
1: Oh boy! Uh, I just, for me, it was just doing something that didn't seem possible. It was. It didn't feel like like it was something ch- chasing a profit motive. It was truly like a, a space where you could just come and um, feel safe, no matter what your background. You know, it was a nice melting pot that way because you could come, uh, take a load off, um, and start a conversation with someone next to you about nothing at all. No kind of pre preconditions. No one is uh, expecting you to make a move on someone, you know, it's oh? not, well, you know, if you go to a bar and someone sits next to you, you know, I it's like, oh boy, I better remember what game I have up my, up my sleeve. <laughs> uh, but not, not so here. That wasn't, that wasn't it at all. Um, it was as much their space as it was anyone else's and yeah we got to share it together in a really cool way
0: it's been so great chatting with you let's take a short break to hear from our sponsor to catch up on previous episodes of the black landscape stream on spotify iHeartRadio, anchor.fm apple and google podcasts hey fam if you haven't heard about anchor it's the easiest way to make a podcast let me tell you about it it's free There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard across Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast, just in one place. Now download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. We are back. So let's dive deeper into the Ella baker Center. For those who are unfamiliar, you know where exactly is it? How did it come about? Like from your understanding, what's the history of the center?
1: The Ella baker Center started about 25 years ago as Bay Area Cop Watch. Yeah, it was one of Ooh, the first. Wait
0: a minute. Hold on. Wait. Say that again.
1: The Ella the Be- the Center began 25 years ago as Bay Area Cop Watch, one of the first organizations dedicated to keeping an eye on uh, police brutality, how it was happening all over. And there was really no record of it. And it was a lot harder to get accountability. Mm. From there, we've grown into an organization that's not only looking at police brutality, but also looking at how our youth are incarcerated. Mm -hmm. And previous campaigns like the uh, Books Not Bars campaign led by our ED, Zach Norris, and a bunch of families across the state helped to close five out of the then eight youth prisons. Excellent work. Yeah, it was really dope. And, and I still um, love what love hearing about it because it wasn't like spearheaded by one person. What brought power to that campaign is uh, families looking out for their youth and getting involved and getting loud. Yes. Now, actually very recently, the Ella Baker Center moved into the Restore Oakland building. Uh, we have a forever home in uh, yeah. the Art of Fruitvale. It's really great because... Uh, one thing that we don't escape is that there's been a lot of pushing out of black people of poor people of of too many people actually, but by having a building by having this this home uh you know we we're established here, and you know the community has uh a place that they can lean on that's not gonna that's not going anywhere anytime soon. Uh a wonderful thing about our historical and home is that it doesn't just house the Ella Baker Center, it also works to hold other uh community based organizations too. Casa Justa, Just Cause uh, is our neighbor in there. Uh sixty seven sueños, they come through. Yeah, they're super yes. dope.
0: Yes. <laughs> I- they're doing great work too.
1: Yeah, uh, they're awesome. Uh and uh the very first floor is uh Designed to be an open restaurant as well as a. Oh, uh, mm-hmm.
0: I did not uh, know that.
1: Yeah, but also a, a small business uh, incubator for uh, people that want to create food and share it in the community. Uh, th- the kitchen for it is actually twice as big as a uh, normal industrial kitchen so that it can be used to, to help uh, people that are. are just starting off in in the restaurant industry, and just need a little bit of um, space to work with, and that kind of resonates throughout the whole building. The basement has a bunch of rooms uh, specifically dedicated to sharing out with the community, and uh, there's one room that uh, reminds me a lot about uh, skies. Uh, it's painted blue. Uh, mm. There are these like fluffy lamps. That are hanging, <laughs> and and that room is dedicated to uh, restorative justice. Mm-hmm. So, especially for organizations that are looking for uh, you know a safe space to hold those conversations and the many conversations that um, the restorative justice practice mm-hmm. entails, uh, this space is dedicated just for that.
0: I love that creating that that calming space to bring hearts and minds in for as you say restorative justice it's it's communication without pretense you know as people really wanting to come to a resolution and solutions
1: mhm
0: that's mm-hmm. excellent see i need to come take a tour
1: please please do
0: and one thing that i like that you just said was inherit the community and that is such a powerful statement because as you know you know black and brown folks are being driven out of Oakland and the Bay Area at large. So I think that statement is, it just brings so much power and life to it. And I'm, I'm so glad to hear that so many organizations are, are occupying this space to bring their own voices, to bring their own narratives, to bring their own historical backgrounds, to share with the community and to inherit the community, to train the younger people, this space sounds amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it brings us a lot of joy.
0: So for specifically the Ella Baker Center, what has been your favorite project or program?
1: Well, my baby right now that, well, it's not just my baby because we always work in coalition. Uh, but yes. A project that's definitely been uh, front and center in my mind and uh, very close to my heart is our campaign for the Racial Justice Act. Mm. Last year, the Ella Baker Center was part of a dope coalition of folks that helped California pass a law that asserted civil rights in the courtroom for the first time. Before before last year, the legal precedent was that no matter how much evidence of discrimination you could show to a court um, no matter how much evidence that uh, you were being charged more because of the color of your skin or your sentence was more severe um, that uh, an officer that testified should not have been involved because of their declared racism um, even uh, even an attorney involved or judge that their bias was inserted into the system and you were punished more severely because of that. Mm -hmm. No matter how much evidence you could present that that was happening, uh, courts were mostly powerless to do anything about it. It would be called uh, a harmless error. Harmless because it wasn't harming anyone that was white, really. Tell the truth. That's, That's the system we inherited. But last year, as in that changed, as, as did many things uh, with the protests that happened in the streets, the uprisings, mm-hmm. that the, the deaths that we all saw that obviated the need for change, uh, California took a profound step and passed the Racial Justice Act from Assemblymember Cara. However, mm-hmm. when we passed that act, before it got to the governor, the law was amended so that it would only apply to cases going forward. Ah. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, however, we know that racism wasn't something that was invented in 2021. <laughs> right. So this year, we're fighting for the Racial Justice Act for All. Again, uh, Mm -hmm. Assemblymember Ash Kalra from San Jose. He's one of the reasons that I admire public defenders more and more every day. He's championing this bill so that the protections that we now have against racism in the courtroom uh, can apply to anyone, especially those who are already harmed.
0: see that's that's motion forward you know and i think that's what we can invest in it's like even those small wins are still wins you know and it's it's that passing of that law it's that people like you people like these assemblymen and congresswomen and all these legislative folks all the volunteers all the believers you know the believers in in justice in right in righteousness, you know, and keeping it one hundred.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I thank you so much for 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 that praise. But really, it, it goes to the whole community.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
1: because of um, it's because of the community that that gives us the the, the bravery to stand up with that righteousness the calls for change this because it's not right. They are echoed in the streets Mm. and that's what, what really lifts us up when, uh, when, when we're able to, to say that in the right place.
0: So Derek, what's next for you? What's next for the center?
1: Oh boy. I what's next for me. I, 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 I hate guessing. I would never have guessed,
0: (laughs) (laughs) or projected (laughs) projected ideas and thoughts. Well, I see us just
1: going for, for bigger and bolder things. One of the the first campaigns that I helped with the Ella Baker Center with was the repeal of a one year enhancement. So, in California's criminal legal system. Uh, besides the punishment that's in the books, there are an enhancements that you can get for the particulars of what you were charged with so for instance if you uh, if you get charged today and in your past you were in trouble and you got punished more harshly, like instead of getting probation, let's say you got jail time or even sent to prison, there's an enhancement in the books that would punish you again just because you were punished more harshly before
0: what truly now see see that's why you guys are out there because that 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 makes no sense to me it's like why are you trying to double what i did right i served that time already move on
1: yeah there was a lot when when you look into like what happened during the the tough on crime era when we got three strikes and Mm -hmm. and a lot of bad things that are in the books now it's just like wow did the world lose its mind uh however (laughs) yeah i don't know that's that's debatable
0: (laughs) right i don't think it lost its mind i think it's I think America is operating in the way that it always has, in a perspective of, from a white lens, from a white perspective, from only things being applicable when they don't apply to white people, Mm -hmm. specifically Mm -hmm. attacking black and brown and other, you know, folks of color, white supremacy.
1: Yeah. It's one of the most extractive forces in the world and it continues to just extract uh, before it was stealing land and stealing labor, and now it's still stealing labor, but it's mm-hmm. also uh, stealing resources. It takes about, I uh, believe, the p- local police stations and you know police infrastructure usually take about half of a city's general funds. So. No matter where you stand on taxes, just consider that half of them are going to uphold this um, uh, uphold some guns coming in uh, to your to your streets uh, to disappear black and brown people. Mm. The good news is, though, yes, um, that in our campaign uh, to repeal that enhancement, we did. And uh, it was taken off the books so it would no longer apply. Prosecutors would, could no longer use it going forward. A few years later, in fact, just last year, we passed a law to repeal those enhancements retroactively. Yeah. So
0: that's what I was waiting to hear, Derek. Retroactively.
1: Yes, yes. Right of the wrongs of the past. It's not enough to just call something out and say, All right, we'll be better going forward. No, we have to take accountability for our mistakes and bring our past with us into the present and move better in the future.
0: Absolutely. And on that note, Derek, I thank you so much for joining us. Please tell the audience uh, how they can join the fight with you and in El- in the Ella Baker Center. Where can they find Ella Baker Center online?
1: Well, you can find us at ellabakercenter.org um please reach out and uh join our mail nights uh on a policy team once a month uh we get on a in a nice zoom space uh that imitates you know us sitting at the same table and responding to uh a stack of mail that we get from people inside also um check us out on twitter that's where i i i know twitter can be very polarizing but in the policy world, a lot of legislators are on Twitter, and mm-hmm. a lot of uh, like news people are on Twitter. So it's it's a good way to get in the nose of like what's happening with a lot of a lot of laws. Uh, there's a well, I, I don't want to plug it all right now, but check out um, hashtag RJA for all if you want to keep in touch with what's going on with the Racial Justice Act for all. Yeah, just. Feel free to reach out.
0: Fantastic. Thank all of you out there for listening and supporting another season. This has been another episode of The Black Landscape, where Black excellence is always trending.